0: Hi, welcome to In the Pacha, where I, Sam Reinstein, have conversation with different educators about the weekly Torah portion. For this week's Pacha, Parshat Kitavo, we have Rivka Hertzfeld. Hey, Rivka.
1: Hi, Sam. How are you? Good. How are you? good. Thank God.
0: Yeah? Um, Getting ready for um, the high holidays and everything? Yes,
1: getting ready for the high holidays, getting into the Zen mode and trying to really think about reflective things that I can work on for the next year and even for presently.
0: Right. Um, so we've known each other for a while, um, but for everyone listening, uh, do you mind introducing yourself?
1: No. So my name is Rufka Hertzfeld. I've grown up in Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, I've known Sam for quite some time now. Uh, he and I went to the same shul, uh, to the same synagogue when we were growing up. And um, I'm really excited to talk about this week's partial with him.
0: Yeah. Um, Want to talk about your background just for a Surely. minute? Or,
1: so yeah. I have a master's degree from Yeshiva University. Um, I have a master's in Bible um, because I really love Torah and I really mm-hmm. love talking about it. Uh, so this is really exciting to me.
0: Cool. Yeah. Thanks for being on. Mm-hmm. Um so as as usual, um, I'm going to start with like a try to do a 30 seconds um, introduction to the parsha, um, and then we'll go on and have two conversations. Excellent. Okay. So Kitavo lists some sacrifices that will we never need to be given, and the tokakah the blessing and curses that will ha- happen to or befall the Jewish people when they enter the land. The Jews are instructed to give bikurim, the first fruits from their trees, as a way of gratitude to God. Uh, This insertion is in the Haggadah on Passover. Um, They are instructed to give 10% of their produce to the Levites and 10% to the poor, or to be eaten in Jerusalem, depending on the year. They are instructed to to proclaim blessings and curses on Har-Grizim and Har-Eval, the mountains of Grizim and Eval, all of or parts of the tribe of Levi with the Aaron, the Ark, stood between the two mountains and the six tribes were on top of each of them. The Levites and priests faced each other, each mountain alternatively, and stated the blessings and the curses. We're then told all the blessings that will happen if we listen to God and all the curses that will happen if we don't. Um, so it's hard to go into the specifics of this because it's kind of got three big pieces. Um, I like parshas like this because yeah. it's got this big piece about the Bikurim. Um, it has some stuff about Maser, the the tithing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it has this whole thing about Bikurim, um, which is interesting, uh, sorry, about the blessings and the curses. Um, so I'd be interested to hear which uh, piece you are you were thinking so about. So
1: I'm actually really interested in the Bikurim because the fact is these these uh, fruits that we have to bring to Hashem, the reason that is given to us is sort of interesting because it says in um, Deuteronomy 26, so it says, okay. and this is um, verse three, that you will come to the... Kohen, who will be in those days you will come to the priest who will be in those days and you will see to him right so we're told that sorry hmm Okay, and we will come to that land that Hashem had given us and you will say to him, to this Kohen, I profess to you onto yes. Hashem, my God and your God, that I have come to the land which Hashem swore to our fathers to give us. Right? And then we go into this whole backlog of history with um, Aram Yovidavi, yes. right? Which is actually... A few Psukim later. We have the Pasuk that we say on Passover. Um, actually, it's in Pasuk 5. It says that you will speak and say before the Lord your God A wandering Aramean was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and he became a great nation, great, mighty, and populous. And I was just wondering what the connection is between the Bikurim, these first fruits that we give to Hashem, and why are we going all the way back to, oh, we were slaves in Egypt and you took us out. But even earlier than that, a wandering Aramean was my father and he went down to Egypt. So I think that that's so interesting. Right.
0: Yeah, cause it seems kind of random. First of all, like, why do you yeah. need history at all? But, but second of all, like, why are you going all, like, it seems a random place to go yeah. back to. Like, um, like, okay, so you go from like coming out of Egypt, going to the land. Right. Maybe that makes sense. And maybe you go all the way back right. to Avram. Um. But why, why that? I there? actually
1: think that it's interesting because some of them are Farshim. So some of the commentators on the Torah, they discuss whether or not they think the Aramean is Laban, Lavan, or whether or not they think the Aramean wow. is Jacob, Yaakov himself. And it's an interesting wording because it says Arami Oved Avi. So the word Oved there, the word, um, uh, like, the word Aleph Bet dalid that doesn't really mean Oveid, like to work with an iron. It means like was right. lost, really. Or like like Abed something is to either get rid of something, to destroy it completely. So Arami Oveid wow. Avi is really interesting because you can also understand that Pasuk to mean an Aramean tried to destroy my father, but then he went down to Mitzrayim. So I think that it's actually talking about a fleeing sort of situation for Jacob. And then it's saying, and then he lived there. And then he turned into a great nation, right, which he did. And then it's talking about the suffering that we had in Egypt. So it's talking about the suffering that we had before and the suffering that we have after. So I think that those actually connect pretty nicely.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. So kind of like this idea of the beginning of the suffering. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and it, and that makes you grateful, I guess? Is that is that what you're getting at? Like, that's what makes you grateful now well, to have trees? I, mean, I
1: think um, also because are... it connects more to the entire story of our slavery, right? Because we know from Exodus that they didn't really have so much food that maybe they got... Tiny little bits of the scraps that the Egyptians left for them. We know that in the we know that in the Haggadah, and we know that we say later in numbers that B'nai Israel, that the tribe of Israel were saying, Remember all the watermelons and all the leeks and all the vegetables, all the cucumbers that we had in Egypt. But they didn't. And we know that from Exodus, we know that from Schmot. so right. in fact, saying that by wo if we continue um, with verse six viau Hamitrim, that they dealt ill with us right that they were mean to us by and they afflicted us by and they gave us hard work to do. And so then it continues, that we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and that the Lord heard our voice. And he saw our affliction and our toil and our oppression. So he sees all this. So now that we're going to have this land of Eretz Israel, this land of Israel, where God is blessing us with our own food. We have to be thankful that we're not in the same situation that we were before. It's, I think right. it's connecting those two feelings of we used to be in this situation. And we know from a historical perspective what this is like. We know because we experienced it. And now we're no longer in right. that place of vulnerability and of hunger and so now we're going to be overabundantly thankful by giving these the Right. And, and
0: and I think that idea is somewhat in, intuitive, um, even though like just, you know, we see people that get like spoiled with things and it's very easy to like, just forget, um, you know, if, if you've never gone through the hardship, it's very hard to understand the, the, uh, to be grateful, um, because you're used to it. You know, it's just things you you yeah. expect from life. Uh, but you know, like we, we shouldn't right. feel that way. We should, we shouldn't just expect fruit. Right. You know? Exactly.
1: And that's I, what Hashem continues to tell us in verse 10 and verse 11. So now you're going to continue to say, I brought the first of my fruit to the land. Asher natatali Hashem, that you have given me Hashem. Right? And you're going to set it down before your God and you're going to worship your God. And you're going to rejoice in all the good that Hashem has given to you and your entire house. And it's not just you; it's the Levi, it's the it's the stranger, everybody that's in your midst. So, also the Levim, they didn't have, they don't have a portion in Eretz Israel. They don't have land to work. Back in Mitzrayim, the Levim did not have the same toil and hardship that Bene Israel had, that the nation of Israel actually did have. So. Everybody's going to be involved in this thankfulness, to Hashem. It's 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 just really nice how they're opposites. How you didn't have anything in the time, and now you have, and you're being thankful to the one who gave it to you. And these people didn't have, and right. now they do have, and that that just constant thankfulness that we need. Um, for things that seem to come naturally, and um, what do you think about that, Sam? Right, the fact that like we yeah. don't really think about um, it, especially because we don't live in a really agrarian society nowadays.
0: Right. Um, I, but but uh, I think the idea still holds. Just it holds like a little bit separate, mm-hmm. meaning like it's true. We don't. We don't, uh, you know, like just plant food but we do go out and buy it and we got that money and i think it's very easy to like uh just expect a salary to come in and expect that money to be enough and especially in our like modern orthodox community like when you know a lot of people are like professionals and that can put like you know, and very highly regarded right. professionals like your doctors and your lawyers, like that could put a lot of pressure on. And, you know, it's very easy to just say, no, take that for granted. Like, oh, well, of course I can, I can do that. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily work for everyone. And then it's those people that can, I mean, I think we're supposed to appreciate it, even if it did come easy, forgetting about for the people that came hard, because we're, I think what you're saying is like, we're supposed to like, look back at our history and say, you know what, like, my great-grandparents couldn't have imagined, like, you know, like, Absolutely. what I'm doing now.
1: And I think that you know? that and also connects yeah. really nicely with what we read a few parshiot ago, a few um, weeks ago, we read... Um, about Shema and Vihaya, right? That like when you get to the land, you have to really rely on the rain and you have to remember that everything comes from Hashem and you have to do mitzvot, you have to do good deeds in order to receive the reward of rain because it's so vital to the plants and to the crop of Israel to have that rain because if it doesn't rain the crops don't grow And then there's no food, Mm -hmm. and we've seen that throughout Tanakhic history, where there has been a lack of rain, and then there's hunger. And we've seen that even in past years, right, where there's no Mm -hmm. rain in Israel, or it's a light rainfall, and people get worried, because it has to come from Hashem.
0: Yeah, right, we can't appreciate that in New York, at, at least even in some, or in New York, New Jersey, but there are some parts of America right, that appreciate that as well, um, like, you know, like in Kansas, and, and I was actually just, just
1: looking in the third Aliyah, it says um, in chapter 26, um, verse 18, um, English right, so right, that Hashem is going to be your God, and you're going to go in His ways because what you have to do is you have to follow all of His laws, and you have to follow all of His mitzvot and His statutes, and you have to listen to His voice, that's That's the bottom line. And that even even that part, because we didn't necessarily do that, and we don't know why we got sent down to Egypt all those years ago. But who knows? When we were in Egypt, there were certain mitzvot that we kept and certain mitzvot that we may not have kept as strictly. And so that reminder of you have to keep all of the mitzvot of Hashem, and then you get the reward of produce and agricultural bounty. That that I just think is also really interesting.
0: Right, it, it, you know, you, it's making me think of yeah. the fact that we read this on Pesach um, on at the Passover seder, just because, like, it seems random. <laughs> it seems a random way to say history, but. In this context, I, I find it really interesting just because um, on Pesach, a big uh, a big theme is like being like kings and queens, like, you know, the, the reclining and right. not pouring your own wine cup and like a whole bunch of stuff that is like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to feel like royalty a little bit. And I... I never thought about like this theme of like gratitude being a Passover theme. I kind of saw it more as a Sukkot theme, which is coming up relatively soon. Um, But maybe like part of the theme of Passover is don't just remember the bad stuff that happens that we were taken out. But like this intense feeling of gratitude that like, you know, we're able to just sit here and recline and drink wine and, Our great grandparents, you know, were were taken out of Egypt. Also, culturally
1: independent, which we were not always, and now we are, and we don't say the rest of this portion at the Passover seder. But the fact that we even say that first part, it harkens back to oh, right, because this is connected to something else, and we always. And I think that even remembering that at the Passover seder. That oh we still have to be dependent on God and we still have to remember all of His mitzvot and all of His statues and all of His laws. I think that even then, because Passover is a really, um, it's bountiful in its laws. We have of, we have lots of laws surrounding yeah, the, sure. the Pesach Seder, right. the Passover time, and so even connecting that idea, I've just I've been finding that really interesting.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Right and like it's the laws. Oh, interesting. And and on top of that just I mean maybe this is a modern thing so it doesn't make sense in context totally. but just how expensive Passover is, you know? It like really it's it's is, a really bountiful also, holiday I think
1: that what like the same way that we were putting being a farmer in that agricultural society in the context of money. So, what if somebody didn't necessarily bring home the extra paycheck this this year, this quarter, or it wasn't as good a right. uh, a client time or anything like that? They may have to have a more sparse Passover saver. Right. and that's stressful. I mean, even things like that, right. even just putting them in that modern context is. Is really um it's really interesting. And we also hmm. mention, you know, people who don't necessarily have a lot, like the Levy, because he doesn't have a job and he doesn't have his own portion of land to work. And we have the stranger, right? The person who converted in to Judaism, and we have the orphan and the widow and everybody else who may be a person who doesn't have as much bounty, you need to help them out and you need to take care of them right. within this context. Yeah, specifically.
0: And specific, right, within this context of Passover, not just right. because Passover is expensive, but because it's specifically here where we should be grateful that we're in situations where we don't need to be
1: You have a good harvest. Good. Go help somebody else who doesn't have a bountiful harvest.
0: Right. Hmm. Right. Um, Any, any last thoughts on this general idea?
1: People out. (laughs) About being or,
0: charitable, or I, I don't know
1: about uh, about. It's actually really interesting. Yeah, or, or about being we grateful. Know about you, know, you know, and when you translate maser, right, um, like your tithing, or it's really a tenth of what you have. And somebody might think that that's a lot, right? And we might think that it's a lot in the context of money. If somebody makes a thousand dollars, right, that's that's only a hundred dollars. I mean. Or if somebody makes $100, that's $10. Sometimes I think that we don't necessarily appreciate how small a tenth can be. And that for a person who's poor, this is really all that they have to hold on to. But how the Torah and Hashem in his infinite wisdom, he, he decided that this would be the portion that we give to people who are poor I just also think that that's interesting that the context of maaser is brought up in this week's partial Also, that that like don't forget oh, wow. that you're really right. just giving a small portion. That it's not even so much because you might think, why do I have to help that person out if he or she were more responsible or if he or she tried harder? But then I think mm. that that idea that we said before. Right of Shema and Vihaya that it's not up to you. You can try as hard as you want, but if it doesn't rain, it doesn't rain. And then nobody has any crops. Um, right. I just, and also, sorry to be jumping no. around, but <laughs> but that's what I like to do. No, um, in, in chapter 26, right? <laughs> so we had said that, um, we know that we need to follow the mitzvot, and then it says that we have to be his whole nation, right? That we have to be his His beloved people, right? And what does that mean, right? That you have to follow all of his mitzvot but that but that phrase of amsagula, to be for him a wanted nation, to, to be for him a, a people that is desired and treasured, because how do you act towards somebody who you see who doesn't necessarily have a lot? What is your characteristic?
0: Yeah.
1: What are your character traits? How do you react when you see somebody in that way? And that really speaks to who you are. That speaks to who we are as a people in Amsagua, a treasure of nation. I just, I like that idea also. Wow.
0: Yeah. 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 Really absolutely. Great. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna segue um, to to another piece. Um, so at the end yeah. of the parsha, um, there's something called the tohaka. Um So it's called the tochacha, which is really I don't even know the admonition. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to translate okay. it, but we'll just, it's the blessings and the curses um, that will happen to the Jewish people in a good way or not happen mm-hmm. to the Jewish people in a bad, or happens to the Jewish people in a bad way. Um, and the Torah goes through like this whole dramatic reading of it, where like everyone goes up onto a mountain. Like they had a day of a hike where everyone goes up um, onto two different mountains. And one of them, the blessings are being told to, and one of them, the curses are being told to. It's very dramatic. Um, And I just, I was trying to think of like some idea to take out of it, Um, just because we've seen this already. Like Moshe is told in other places, uh, you know, listen, listen to God. And if you listen to God, things will be good. If you don't, things will be bad. Like on top of the fact that this is in Vayikra, that this is in Leviticus earlier, um, but forgetting about that, Uh, just because everything in Dvarim is happening again. Uh, You know, like this idea has been said a lot. Um, So I saw an Ibn Ezra, um, Rabbi Abraham Ibn Ezra, normally just goes by Ibn Ezra um, in like the 10th, uh, in like the 11th century, um, 1100s, I should say, um, in like Spain, Spanish area. Um, So he's one of the main what I would say, like, Pashtanim, like, the main, like, people who try and translate or explain the Torah as it's written. Um, so he has an idea that he gets out of, like, all of the admonitions, um, all the curses. Um, basically, he he goes through and he says all of these things are able to be done in secret. Uh, like, normally, when we say, like, all these bad things don't do, like, it's usually outward things. Like don't, um, don't, Don't you know, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Um, don't, yeah. Don't kill or don't steal or, or like, don't cry, um, you know, fire in a crowded building and don't, you know, like, like don't, don't mess up society. right? Right. That's generally, I think what we would think when we would say like, what should the things be? that we would say, no, these are bad. If you do these things, God will God will punish you. And they're all things you can do in private. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just goes through some examples, and this is a translation, but cursed is the man who makes a graven image or a carved idol um, to God, the work of a craftsman's hand, and place it in secret. Right there, it's, it's specifically in the Torah, um, it says in secret, and cursed is one who strikes his neighbor in secret. So the Torah there does it in two times explicitly, but there, even Ezra goes and it happens implicitly. The list starts from the most important thing, which is the man's relationship with his creator, right? Not making a graven image. And then he goes with him to his relationship between him and his parents, and then from him to another person. Um, this is followed by one who moves his neighbor's boundary mark, for this is performed in secret. One who causes a blind person to walk astray, here too, it is impossible for a blind person to publicize who led him astray. He who distorts the judgment of a convert or orphan, for there is no one to help them, so this too is kept in secret. Um, and he goes on and on and on. But basically he goes through like all the curses and he says, these are things um, that are done in secret. Um, and it's these things Moshe is saying, or God is saying through Moshe, um, like these are things that you need to not do or else you'll be cursed. um,
1: Bad things that you were just mentioning. I was thinking about them as you were saying them. They seem to me to be things that a third party could see, and yet that third party might not say anything. So let's say moving somebody's boundary, right, of their land, a third party could see that. Potentially. And just not say anything. Somebody, a third party could see a person leading a blind man astray and not say anything. And I think that also makes the deed of the person who did those bad things worse. Like it adds to it, you know, because. Mm.
0: Right. Because it can be kept secret. And so the yeah, ability to keep it secret absolutely. almost makes it and more detrimental. It could to society, not be a secret. Right?
1: But somebody else is deciding, oh no, this bad thing that is being done in secret, I'm going to keep it secret too. I'm going to get in on the bad on the bad action.
0: Right. Right. And it kind of like impl- implicates them, and then like it, I don't, it, it can create a whole yeah, it right. can create a whole bad. It
1: a bad society uh, more than just creates, like if you do
0: something wrong, right? It creates right? bad,
1: and, not bad karma, yeah. but it creates um, an engendered feeling in the society that you don't have to take care of one another, and that eh, just it doesn't matter because I'm only looking out for myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I think that it specifically goes into that. He almost specifically goes into that, that the problem with distorting a judgment of a convert or an orphan convert might be a bad transition, but whatever. Um, Like People that aren't going to be able, aren't going to be listened to. Right. They might say it. They might say, the orphan might say, you know, this judge is, this judge is messing with me, but like in our, a lot of times in society, people that are most vulnerable
1: absolutely. are the
0: people that aren't listened to. Um and so these things are kept secret. Um you kind of see that you kind of see that a lot with like um I guess yeah, I'm getting intense absolutely. here. Um, but like in the stories about like child sexual abuse, like the kids just aren't listened to. Like uh and, and that's starting to change now. Um but because they're vulnerable, like right. the they're not listened to and so therefore those things very easily stay in secret, and that's essentially what happened yeah. in Spotlight when all the uh, all the I mean, this was the Catholic Church, but like the hush, priests hush. were just able to go around right. and like and they just got that, moved, that and happens. it was all kept in secret.
1: And also, you'll see it on the news right. that old people are being duped because telemarketers are calling them, and they're having old people's hard-earned right. money wired to some far-off countries and put into stocks and bonds and then they can't get it back just because a person can be easily duped when they're older potentially and you know what what it says about society right. and i don't know how do you think that that translates to today how do you think that that whole idea translates to today
0: um i Right. So I think, I think today we're almost kind of fixing it in like a weird way, just like the, the internet (laughs) allows, um, I mean, this is kind of weird right now that I'm like praising the internet. Um, the internet has its problems, but I think this is one of its main successes is that it really can give voice to anyone. Um, sometimes that's a problem (laughs) because not everyone should, not everyone like always like needs a voice, but like, it can give a voice to somebody that needs protection um, and they can put something up there and they can, they can, you know, shout it from the rooftops in a way that isn't, hasn't been possible before. <laughs> um, not like things aren't secret. I mean, sometimes maybe things should be secret that aren't secret right. on social media. Um, maybe we're we're taking this too far and we'll need to correct ourselves. Um, probably that's true already. Um, but like, you know, things yeah. aren't things aren't secret in the way that the they were. And I think
1: um, something, something bad happens. You put up a Yelp review. If you compare you know, it like, to a few weeks ago, we read Parsha yeah. Re'eh, right? We read the we read Re'eh, and that's in chapter 11, right? Verse 26. And it says, Today I'm going to mm-hmm. give you before you a blessing and a curse. A asher Right, the the bracha is that you're going to listen to all of the mitzvot that Hashem, your God, gave to you, and that He commanded you. That kala im And the curse is that if you don't listen, and you go off the path, if you stray from the path, that you're going to go after the ways of idol gods that you don't know. And you're going to go after those ways that are unfamiliar to you, that are not necessarily... Ethical and moral, and you're going to go after them, and that's going to be your cursed state. I'm—I don't necessarily think of it as it being a curse or a blessing. It's—I think of it as yeah, a consequence, uh, and your state of being is either more in like a, a blessed consequence. state of being or yeah. in a cursed state of being, and and I think that that also connects to this week's. Torah portion. Mm-hmm. Wow! Because okay. how we how we yeah. relate to yeah. the people around us in our own land, right. and and we know Sam that there have been times throughout Jewish history after we settled the land that there was lots of peace in the land. Right during the time of Joshua, during the time of Yehoshua, we had to fight a lot of wars and conquer the right. land, but there was relative peace. And then during the time of judges, during the time of Shoftim, there was a lot of yeah. unrest. Yeah, because we weren't necessarily acting as a cohesive <laughs> nation. We weren't acting as a group that right. was looking out for one another. Um, even if it's in private. Yeah, which a lot of right. this was. Because and even if it's in private. We didn't necessarily right. know what was happening like in the that, other yeah. portions of the land. Right? The people in Judah didn't know necessarily what was happening in the portion of Dan, but bad things were still happening and the entire nation got the consequence. And the yeah.
0: And right. And, and just as the last thing, uh, I'm thinking about this in terms mm-hmm. of like the month of Elul, the last month before before the holidays and, and doing tshuva and repenting and... Um, it's very easy to to think of the things you're doing wrong that are in public. Um, you know, like, I want to fix this better because this is what other people are doing. It's like kind of easier, um, I don't know, it's easier easier to look at the things that you externalize right. um, and try to fix those than it is the things you could keep secret. Um, and I think what this Parsha somewhat is telling us is like, no, those things, those things that you could keep secret, uh, maybe are even more important or uh, more vital uh, to to fix because they're the ones that right. are eating you up inside. Uh, the ones that are external, we everyone sees them. We can fix them,
1: right? Um, and the that's harder that's to work on, secret and, and it also takes and away from more everyone else that, that It takes more discipline to work on those things that yeah. nobody else necessarily sees, but you know that they're or values that you as a person need to work on. It's, it's harder to come to grips with that. And I think that that's a really beautiful idea that you just connected to right. this month of Elul. And even if you don't mind my sort of jumping off of your LL point, you should remember that the acronym for Elul that people really like to use for this month is Dodiva Dili. Do Right, That I am to my beloved and my beloved is to mine. And I think that that connects so nicely to what we were talking about today. Not only about the public versus private way that we are with Hashem, but even just remembering that Hashem is there and that everything comes from Him. That we need to be thankful because He is our beloved and we are His beloved. And and, um, we're going to be spending a lot of time with God (laughs) next month and really every day, but really a lot next month. Hmm. Um, and it's just something to think about. Right. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Sam. I, I think that's a great place to end. Um, thank you, Rivka, uh, for coming on. Um, yeah. And um, for people listening, uh, pay attention for the next podcast. Um, we'll be doing it and together. Uh, so, Thanks for listening to In The Pacha.